Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're live. Episode 034 of TBC Podcast brought to you by GRM Daily, hosted by myself, Michael Payne. Myself, Rebecca Judd. Myself, Renee. And again, in keeping with tradition, we allow our esteemed guest to introduce himself. Hello, hello. Take it away. <laughs> I, I'm nervous. This is the first time I'm doing a podcast. Oh, for real? Yeah. I feel like it's kind of quiet as well. Somebody needs to be in the background talking. <laughs> Woo! We are joined by... Entrance music. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm Vash. I'm just some guy that does stuff in the music industry, hoping to make a buck. Been quite successful at it, I think. I don't know. You might not. So think I so. think so. I think so. Oh, yeah. Bear right. so, right. so. Bear, what do you think? So. Uh, glad, glad, glad we one. agree. <laughs> I got to say, your jacket's nice as well. You look really warm. It is amazingly warm. Yeah, it's a pro- it's like product we got for my artist, and I grabbed a, a cheeky, yeah, cheeky. You know, that's one the, of the many perks <laughs> of the music industry, isn't it? And, and being being the kind of man pulling strings in the background mm, not always because you actually get a lot uh, the manager actually gets like the crumbs like if no one wants it you can have it well yeah. extra small looking all tight. yeah like not your size really <laughs> and, okay i'll do that no but no it helps so how did you get into this management for those that are unaware of your do you know what i had to write a bio recently for um urban development okay. and i'd never written a bio about myself so i had to literally sit down and go all the steps back of what I've done or how I started it. It's quite, it's quite strange. But yeah, um, so I'm actually, I can actually talk about it now because I just did this recently. Um, it all started actually at uni for me. I was always doing music production before that, always just messing around, not, nothing serious, like just, you know, making beats and stuff. But at uni, I had to pay bills. and I'd, As you do. Yeah, and I'd, I had no, I couldn't get a job, literally not, nowhere would hire. So I started doing events and DJing and stuff. And that became quite successful, actually. I was doing, like, talent events, acoustic events and competitions and stuff with students, University of London students, and that really took off. Um, That's the uni you attended, yeah? Yeah, well, the uni I attended was King's College. Right. And then, but University of London is all the unis in London or they go under one umbrella. I think it's called U something i can't remember now <laughs> but it's a while ago um but yeah so that was good and that that got my foot in with ministry of sound that took on my events they gave me like a residency then and through the through ministry of sound i kind of plugged into their network met loads of promoters and through the talent nights i was doing i always had artists around me who needed someone with a business mind it seemed because 
people would, I would book them for my shows and then they'd call me after and be like, so, you know, this other guy's trying to book me. How do I get him to pay me and stuff? And then, oh, can you just call him? And it kind of, I started getting loads of those kind of phone calls from people asking me to kind of represent them in a way because yeah. they liked how I handled their business mm-hmm. um, when I booked them and stuff. So, yeah, and then before I knew it, I was like, what do I call myself if I call these people? Like, am I your older brother? I don't know. <laughs> you know? your bro? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you, you, I was like 21. I didn't I had no idea what to say. I think 20, 21, something like that. So, yeah, I just, you know, then we were like, be my manager. You know, I need you to do this. There's another email I need to reply to or there's this other guy that's trying to get a hold of me. So, yeah, I kind of fell into it because I ended up being kind of like the go-to guy for a lot of people that needed that kind yeah. of represent you know, did you find it hard like first getting paid for it because obviously people probably looked up to you as a big bro you're like i don't really want to charge you but i gotta eat man <laughs> um well the first artist i had that i could say i really managed was a beatboxer called faithless effects and faith, yeah so Done bits early 2000 like 2005 and he was mm. killing it yeah 2000 yeah. i think 2004 2003 yeah. is when it was like we started off and um to be honest, it was easy because we were getting work was coming in so quickly and it was like so easy to network with him because he was such a unique act. So it wasn't hard to say, look, I've spent this much time. Can we? And he wasn't a greedy guy. He wasn't like, oh, this is all my money. I'm saying you're not getting anything. It was, he was, he's really cool. So, and it was, it was a friendship kind of thing. Like we still really good friends. We still kick ball every Thursday, like literally since each other all the time. So it's not. It's all, it, was, it started as a friendship, but I think a lot of managers that I meet that kind of get their foot into the industry are kind of through a friend that's a talent or something. But Faith wasn't my friend. I met him actually through the talent nights, but, yeah. And then you, like, just through, through trust, you became friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's Faith's really effects up to now? Do you um, well, he was... Do you know what? You don't actually hear that much about him, but he's doing, like, adverts and stuff and getting crazy money for them. Best way. And like he's he the last like big live stuff kind of that he did was with Plan B. He did like the world tour. He was part of Plan B's band. And you know, they were just he was never here, he was always traveling. And and then he came back and he was just doing loads of voiceovers and advert jobs and stuff. And to be honest, like he's got obviously he's got family now and he's got a lot going on, so he's kind of taking a step back. But I'm not really involved in his business at all anymore, so I don't you know, we we speak every now and then, but he's doing his thing, you know. In more recent times, um, yeah. you're responsible for quite a few careers. Um, one of the two, the biggest artists in the game, Krypton Conan. Um, yeah. How did you affiliate with them and um, become their manager? And are you still their manager or what's the situation? Krypton Conan, um, basically, I've always had an eye on them from when they did, like, the Tsunami mixtapes and the early days when they were just tearing up in South. Um, but I was a bit hesitant to approach them at first because I didn't know what these guys are like. Are they on point? I kind of, you know, are they, are they still young? Can I even talk to them? You know, because a lot of people, when you approach them and you're like, I'm a manager, they just think, what? Okay, if I sign with this guy, I'm going to make a million in a week. Or, yeah. or, or, this, or they think the opposite. This guy's going to come and rob me. Rob me. Do you know what I'm saying? Can I, like, there's so many, and you have to have a certain maturity or a kind of understanding of you know, how that works if you have a manager. So I didn't know if they were ready for that at that time. But they kept at it and they kept doing stuff. And then when they did the um, um, Otis Freestyle, yeah. I think the whole way they set that up, 
it just blew my mind. Like, you know, they had the teaser where they're jumping off the bridge and we were, you had to wait what's going to happen for the full thing. And then when the full thing came out, everyone was just making memes about the lyrics and kids were just going crazy about them. So it was only right I had to hit them up and say, you know, what's happening? What are you guys up to? Um, and we're really hoping to do well with them. But to be honest, when we first started, it was actually really a struggle, contrary to what many people were expecting because they had so much buzz but I think the industry generally took a while to get to them yeah to take to them sorry yeah the um, streets the streets always kind of co- acts yeah. like Crepton yeah. Conan mm. the streets will co-sign it first and then yeah. that's always what makes the industry look a bit silly isn't it yeah because it does because the industry it will does. come round about a year and a yeah. half later and yeah. act like it's different now I feel like you know you can get acts like 6-7 or you know loads of acts I think that come about and they get recognition instantly because there's a big fan base. The industry's kind of understood, you know, there's money in this game. But when Crept and Conan first were coming through with that raw kind of rap style, people were literally telling me, what are you doing? You know, industry friends of mine were like, what are you doing? This is not never going to be... You know, that, that's the days when you had to make Radio 1 music to get recognised or to make any money. Mm-hmm. Doing what they were doing rap-wise wasn't getting much recognition at all from radio or any kind of, like, bigger platform. So... It was it was it was it was actually horrible because we kept trying stuff and we were experimenting with the music and it wasn't it wasn't working for them it wasn't right and it was a struggle to be honest. I think even now, to a certain degree, although Crept and Conan are probably the most well-known rap duo around in the UK now, I can't think of anyone who's more popular. If anyone's got any objections, shoot me down. Where rap duos? Yeah, I'd say Crept and yeah. Conan are pretty much. They are they're kings that of the duo, game right now, yeah. Yeah, but even now you don't you don't see them on like TV shows and stuff. Even now they're not getting the cosign from the main main mainstream. But then yeah. all these like all Middle England and that that, that are watching you know like Graham Norton shows and yeah. and, and stuff. Mm. Their kids are probably in their room listening to Crepton Conan. Do you it's know what true. I mean? When you put it like that, because like, I remember seeing Lethal, I think it was on Sky, the football show that it had on Sky yeah. and stuff. Like, I'm not really seeing them, like, crept on Conan on, like you say, a major plateau. I, don't, I can't, I, apart from... No, I can't think of a time when I've seen crept on Conan on mainstream TV. Mm. Other um, than the mobile's live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I can't think of a time. Did they ever I think it's, it's not, Do you know what? It's, it's really weird because... Their career has always their their career has always been like they've never had it easy. Literally, like we've obviously we've been working together and we've watched other artists come through and like even sometimes shoot past them and get certain opportunities that we've been waiting to get. And we're like, how the hell did that happen? And we're here doing what they're doing. We're hitting the same numbers. You know, Mm -hmm. we got the same fan base. And why are we not getting that? And it's it's literally and, and I've managed artists where luck has just fallen in place so well for us yeah. and with Crept and Conan it's like that's why the album was called The Long Way Home it's like yeah. everything we do is the long way like yeah, everything yeah. we do we have to sometimes someone just throws a brick and then that turns into a house by luck or something but we have to go and find the brick make it yeah. find the glue that sticks it <laughs> like literally we have to do everything step for step to make it work and it's like there's Literally, I can say from everyone I work with, they've had the least amount of luck. Everything yeah. you see with them is hard work yeah, yeah. and very calculated. In and they themselves they make it look easy, though, bro. That's the it's, thing. Trust to, to me, their credit, you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. and they do. Yeah, seems effortless. Be forgiven for thinking, if you didn't know about 
the the struggle that they kind of endured to get where they got now, you could look at, for instance, the timeline from Don't Waste My Time because you probably... Otis seems like ages before... Do you know what I mean? Otis seems ages yeah. and ages. Like 2011, before. 2010, two, yeah, 2011 I yeah. think it was, yeah. Careers have come through and fallen off since that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. real spit. Yeah. What's, what's like them, them cliche sayings? Do you know, come on, Michael. Um, easy come, easy one. go. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah, easy come, easy go. That's a good yeah, one. Some... <laughs> I was thinking of a deeper one because I see where it's like the struggle. No, no, no. One of them deep ones. You know, the motivational oh, ones. What, what is it? What's that one? Um, only, only those things. Oh, what is this? Something about something being worth having. Fuck knows, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be some motivation. Everyone's gonna. I'm gonna sit here trying to think yeah. of Thanks, Becca. Yeah. It's all right, man. That's when I'm in the zone, like <laughs> of a night. Like, come on, I need to get this. Um, when did I first? When did I first listen to Crypto Crypto? I think it was a fire in the booth, but like they were fully going back to back and old BBC times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, and if that feels like time, I get what you mean. Like but I, don't, I feel like people they, don't they, look they, at it. They've literally been around grafting for such a long mm. time. And I feel, they always say like, oh, Vash, this, like, why, like, why, it was before we had a deal, people were getting deals and they, like, why are Crypto Gona not getting this deal? I even know that he's not. And I speak to him, I presented the music to him, but he's gone and signed someone else. And I'm like, how? How can Did I? Did you feel like pressure thinking you was doing something wrong? Um, no, this is the thing because I had other acts like Sneakbo and I could walk, th- like Sneakbo was unsigned and I, I, it was on my own label and we were like A-list Radio 1. We, you know, we're charting in, on, my, on my label. We're doing yeah. everything independently. Drake's co-signing, uh, Jet Ski Wave. That, yeah, even that happened and like, it was all so simple. Like, it's not, uh, if it was me, then all my acts wouldn't, you know, everyone would like reject all my acts, but... It wasn't that. It was, it was just something about crypto and coin and stuff. People didn't take to in terms of the industry. Didn't take to straight away. And to be honest, you know, I think that's a good thing because they had a lot more time to learn the details of the every step that they took in their career to understand. Because you have so much more time to build each. I don't know. Build your foundation, I guess. And you know so much more about it. It's much harder to break that. There's artists that have had number one records and you ask them about stuff about their own career and they haven't got a clue. Yeah. They have got this. And that's when, if your label leaves you, if your management leaves you, you know, what the hell do you do with yeah, yourself? Yeah. You're lost. And with Crept and Conan, honestly, I don't think, I think they're like very self-efficient artists. They do so many things themselves. They make my job a lot easier than, you know, many other acts so in that sense I think it's a good thing I think they it's, it burns them to sit and watch what you know someone overtake or someone do something but at the same time I think it's a good thing and they all, they've also got to remember that there are people that are looking at them and burning more even more oh, always, true. always again, yeah. like I said they're a very successful duo yeah they are now so I'm talking not, I'm not talking about much, I'm not that much talking about now this is more Back then, this right. is when we didn't have a deal and mm. we're putting songs Young Kings out. mixtape time, yeah? That time. And Before Young Kings, okay. I think. After Young Kings, I think things started falling into place. Yeah, yeah. M- like, much more than, you know, because you have that one song, you had Don't Waste My Time, which was ringing bells everywhere around the world. Of well, course. mainly states in here. And it was in a movie as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in... Yeah. It was Rocky, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's yeah. the Rocky, yeah, the, the latest Rocky film. Mm. yeah. You know, it's it's mad. Like these things happen, and then you're like, oh well, luck can be on our side. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? But I think 
with artists, I always say, you know, don't give up that one song that if you're good at what you're doing, just keep at it. Yeah. For me, it was hard because I went from managing Chip, from getting national, you know, radio playlist, uh, click on my fingers, from doing huge shows, festivals, to going back down and managing artists that have doing 300 capacity venues 200 capacity not even getting one extra you know i was i would it's a different feeling because you're going into one extra and you're like you have an artist that's got really one acknowledgement and then you're coming with another one that one extra won't even necessarily play so it's like it almost messes with your ego like (laughs) how do i approach this do you know why or what it is that, that i think they've built a very fair system that people can't just pull strings as easily every artist has fair a fair chance if, if reckon I, now, yeah, it's, it's I think, I, so. I think, I think one extra was definitely like that yeah. it was definitely I yeah. think so yeah, I don't think there was too much politics where too much sort of uh, favouritism when it came no, to no I mean I, Austin when he was doing one extra playlist I would that's what I'm speaking about specifically yeah Austin was, was really I fair I think he I, I couldn't go in with a rubbish record and because it's me he'd be like oh yeah I'll stick on the list yeah. he'd tell me this is rubbish come back for something that's better. good to hear still so that I think that was fair and I think there's a lot of people that think it's not like that and you might be able to get a DJ to play your song once, but to really get the head of playlist behind you, you know, you couldn't just pull strings. He had to, he had to think that this is going to add value to their listenership. That's sick, and I respect him for that. To be honest, yeah. So, what are the um, have you got any plans to take the management expertise overseas? Do 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 you plan to take on any overseas clients, or do you have any overseas clients at the moment? Really, because I think when I've I've dealt with a lot of people, I've got friends in Germany, I've got people in Europe. Obviously, we deal with a lot of promoters overseas and stuff. And the business structure in each country is so different. So you'd have to start from zero. So I think if I wanted to go and pick up like a French act and work with him in the French market or go to America, I'd have to from, start from the ground and spend the majority of six, seven years maybe doing something like that. And I think there's just... I'm quite established here in a sense where I can actually take an act from here and make him be more successful overseas maybe yeah, and I think that's else. that's for me that's more interesting that's taking something from home and you know making it grow and watch it become more of a global act I think yeah. that would be that's what I'm always aiming to do anyway and yeah. that's that that's that's my main focus mm. rather than yeah what part of um Chip's career did you meet him at or how did you lot's relationship form? I met Chip <sighs> How I met Chip was mad. I met, we were doing a lot of stuff with Faith. We were, beat, we were doing like beatboxing stuff. We you know, for MTV. He Faith was getting TV that other, like art. Uh, at the time it was Grime. We were rubbing shows with, with a lot of the Grime kids. We've got freestyles with like Jamie, Skepta, Wiley from early yeah, days. Yeah, just way back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I remember, and, yeah. <laughs> and there wasn't even YouTube around when we were doing that. Um, and... You know, we're with the grime artists, but what we were doing a lot was more commercial stuff. We're getting Motorola adverts, or we're doing MTV did like a TV show about like street artists, like break dancers, graffiti artists, and Faith was the beatboxer in it. And the show got commissioned around the world, so Faith was playing it every. What was it called city. again? Do you remember? Barrio 19. I'll never forget that. Yeah, I think Barrio I 19. That. It was like it was actually commissioned by producer f- from Spain or France she was I can't remember but she basically got us on the show worldwide 
And after that, the worldwide booking started rolling and we're doing shows in Korea, Sweden, like Chris Brown's after party. And there's some mad stuff started happening. With Rebecca and Rebecca's like, whoa. <laughs> Can you sign me? Whoa, man? Chris <laughs> Brown? <laughs> no, I'm talking about, like, you got to remember, this is like two, like, I was a youth myself. Yeah, and Faith, so it's mad for us, was like, what the fuck? How is this happening? Can I have a picture, please, Chris? <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, and, 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 but the people we're rubbing shoulders with at home are the grandmas, and they had like Sidewinder, and you know, and a few other things like this, still selling white label vinyl. That was like their thing. We were not in that world, but doing, we did a lot of stuff. We always brought MCs to our shows with Faith. We always supported like Big Nasty NAA back in the yeah, day. They done a tune. I remember that on yeah. bass watching it. I think it was. Um it was a, all the duos back to back. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Old Man and Big Nasty. That, that was my first record. That yeah. I produced that one with Facebook. Oh, swear. So, I, yeah, and I, this, that was a mad video. Um, <laughs> we got one of the producers at MTV that helped us film the yeah. show. One of the cameramen, um, I don't want to say his name, I don't know if that's incriminating, but he helped us snuck into the MTV studio, in the, sneak in the MTV studio um, in Camden at night. And they had the cameras like standing around, so we shot the video secretly at night. Whoa. Right, I'm that's real hustling. That's, that's real hustling. <laughs> it was mad. So he like that. Like he really helped me with that video because it's it's Don't like for the time. That time, no, he does big stuff now. He does like adverts and that. I can't even phone him for a music video. Imagine. He's like ten grand to answer his phone, but wow. <laughs> but I mean, it, 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 you know, the, that was our first. That was the. I released that on vinyl, so I, that was my only ever vinyl release, actually, 12-inch, but I kind of just got the end of the vinyl era <laughs> of that experience releasing White Label and stuff. Um, and, yeah, no, that... So, you know, we had Big Nasty on there, we had Jammer on there on that record, and, yeah, that that was a crazy little start for Faith, and we were hoping to make him into a recording artist, but it's very tricky with beatboxing this. It's not necessarily something people want to hear on a record. They want to see it live. So, but yeah, it was still a good experience, I think. Yeah, must have been. What's but, your, um, your, what's your ethnic origin, if you don't mind me I'm asking? Persian. Persian? That's, yeah, Iranian, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did, did you have, because obviously you know, uh, Iranians are, are very sort of community-minded and stuff, and, 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 you know, the older generation will be very vocal about, you know, what young men are, are yeah. Uh, gonna become and stuff. Yeah. What were the ex what were the expectations for you when you were growing up, and and did it does it differ greatly from what you do now as well? And did you have to kind of prove yourself? Because I'm I'm right. I for instance am Nigerian, yeah. and my parents are all about the education. So when imagine them when their only son comes and decides that he wants to be a rapper, they don't know one successful rapper. There's not yeah. there's no successful rappers in their social group. It's all yeah. accountants. Architects, yeah. doctors, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then one son, their only son wants to come and, and be an MC. So obviously, yeah. you can imagine they're not going to be too pleased about it. Do you, did you meet with any kind of um, uh, like apprehension when you told like somebody, about, this is what I want to do? Was there a period when you told them that's what you wanted to do? Yeah. Or did you kind of make a smooth transition into it? From no, I, I got kicked out of school because <clears throat> I was, and my parents and everyone, my teachers, everyone thought that I was just, either stupid or just not disciplined enough, but I'd literally spent all my time in the studio. My friends had a studio, access to a studio, not their own studio, and at like 14, 15, all we did is just spend time recording. So back in the day, like, sampling hip-hop records was a big thing, so you had to go vinyl digging and you had to go find vinyl and sample it, make beats, and we that was time-consuming. Literally, you'd spend 
every night not sleeping on the weekends and just sitting up and trying to work out how to make beats and stuff and on mpcs and whatever else like it, it was just yeah that's what i was doing so from young i was always doing music automatically it wasn't like something i didn't have i didn't have no aim i just i just knew that's what i enjoyed doing and when I got to that point where I was going uni, well, I eventually got my act together, got myself through school and um, went to uni. And at uni, I think it's just that point where I was like, I need to make money. What am I good at? I, could, I, I applied for a lot of jobs, don't get me wrong, but I couldn't get a job. So it's that point I have rent to pay. I've got no food to eat, literally. My parents financially aren't in a place to pay, help me with the money and... And I was waiting for my loan to come through and I couldn't get my loan. I done, hadn't done the paperwork properly. I was just all scatty. So <laughs> I, I literally, I just dashed the thing. I was like, what am I good at? And I came up with some ideas of doing an event, you know, DJing at the event so I can get other bookings for myself. And and that's when we started making money. You know, the uni events manager was blown away because he was like, there's no way you're going to make money from a hip-hop event. Our event was like about open mics, breakdancing, beatboxing, kind of multi-talent kind of event yeah. kind of things. It's quite short-sighted, like, to go, there's no way you're going to make money from it. Because no, the was, modern age, like, the to be honest, grossing he, music genre, like, at the for the last God knows how long, but Same. the thing is, he he had he he kept telling me people have tried it and it hadn't worked. The right. venue. He should have been like, I'm not like the others. He should have gone back to him like, How do you like me now? Yeah. Stop dashing money. Clough talk. <laughs> for real. But no, it's 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 it's. You wanna it's, know? Now they wanna know. <laughs> yeah, for real. They try to send for me. <laughs> yeah. Flash. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. It the, was. Are there are there any sort of people that you? met like at the very beginning stages that you still are in business with now um have you, have you kind of progressed that, so much it actually reminds me we didn't actually finish the chipmunk question yeah oh yeah truth we do because i was just saying I, I was thinking why did i make that whole point about that <laughs> <laughs> why did i just explain about the first record we put no because i was we were doing a lot of stuff with yeah. him uh, can you put that back in now you could oh, call it's cool yeah. you go back to chip it's cool okay <laughs> um that's how you know he's he's smooth he wants <laughs> he wants everything crisp <laughs> yeah no but um I, i've got to stand and listen to my artists doing these things and yeah. it's a lot harder than <laughs> you know sitting here and just trying to think and now you could be free here there's no restraints you yeah, can swear say what you want it's not uh, yeah. even yeah if, my, if this was radio one i'd probably fucking shit myself <laughs> <laughs> nah feel but, free yeah. in it there's no restrictions um, at all uh, yeah no uh yeah, so basically doing the Faithless FX stuff, I always wanted to incorporate the MCs. Even doing that record was a thing that I was pushing for that. I was like, no, let's do that. Let's let's make records, let's sell records. I wanted to be in that industry. And Chip was an MC that we needed a freestyle. And then Lady Night, I don't know if you remember, remember Night. Yeah, clearly. Night. So me and Night used to be flatmates when she used to go out with Wiley. Yeah, so she... So she was always like... Night was like an A&R. She would have been a sick A&R, I always told her, because she would find these young MCs early and she'd be like oh he's gonna do well and then Wiley would start closer in the MC sometimes and the kid would go and do well <laughs> it's mad so Nye actually put me onto Chip at the time because she knew I've got this show coming up and I needed an MC for it so she put me onto Chip and out of the MCs that we dealt with Chip was like the most on point kid I'd met you know what I'm saying he was just on he was there early half an hour when we were filming he's waiting around he had his bars ready even before that, he was ringing me, checking, like, what's happening, Rash? Is it still happening, right? He was so hungry. I just rated that hunger in him. And then shortly after that, he did that, you know, Westwood freestyle, that 
everyone found out about him and it was like that's nearly 10 that, years old by the way so that went yeah high. that went viral then that's the year i met chip and like that he did that literally a month or two after and then that went viral and then it was just everywhere and i was like I approached Chip, I said, you know what, I've never managed a rapper, but I want to manage you. I think we can, you know, we can do some damage together. And he was like 14, 15 at the time. And he was on it. He was like, yeah, let's do it. So that's how that's that's how everything started with always recording, Chip, and blah, blah. How long was you actually like working with him? Like, right up until we did the, um, right up until we did the Chris Brown record. I was still wow. So what, transition times? Yeah, literally through through. What happened is obviously when we signed the deal, the way I'd set myself up around Chip, I was kind of running always recording. I was like behind the scenes running always recording. Bath was always that was his brand, but I came involved, became a shareholder, and said, you know what, I know what to do with this label, and I know what to do with Chip. So we built everything independently, literally to how Skept has done it now. We did that then, but what we didn't do. We didn't know how the record industry is once you go to a major. We thought you get to that point where a major wants to pick you up, you fucking better go through those doors because that's where you're meant to be. We didn't realize if we stay independent, it might be, you know, better off. Kind better of. off. And when we signed the deal, everything changed. Before I was the label, before I was the manager and the label, so I had pretty much control over everything. And when things started getting changed, things started changing, and other egos started getting involved. Things just weren't working out the way I... I didn't like how things were moving. The energy in the room had changed. The dynamics between people had changed. And and what happens a lot of times when you go with a major label, there's a lot of people that think they're smarter than you. They've got so... And, fair, you know, credit to them, they've probably done way more than you. Mm. But that artist, to get him to that point, you're the, you're the expert. Mm. And back in the day, they didn't respect that. So you the think they respect it now as well? Or? I think they respect it a lot more now, especially because of so much success that's happened with rappers and so much managers like Stormzy's managers and people like that coming through. And they're, what they're doing is working. Mm. And if it's not broken, don't try and fix it. Do you think, do you think sometimes it. it's down to ego, though, or sometimes you just have mm. to do something to prove that, that your salary is justified? Um, uh, it's both. I think... So, you know, with the, I can only talk on the chip situation. With the chip situation, it just got to a point where, people, we, as a team, we weren't seen eye to eye anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? I, mean, I I wanted to always just start my own thing. I was like, do you know what? I can't be part of something else, and I feel like I want to have my own thing. I want to have my own management company, not be part of something else where I'm like just a minority shareholder or something. And that that was really the reason I moved on. And I, I always believed in myself that you know. I got this this far, I can do it again. So mm-hmm. I'm saying I can find another artist and I can make them successful again. And funny enough, straight after that, I had Sneakbo and Sneakbo was getting Radio 1 records on my label. Yeah. Not something I massively did a press angle and I might should have maybe done more PR around myself or about, around my label, but that wasn't my focus. The focus was we're getting where we need to be. We're getting, I've got a kid from Brixton who can't get a job, can't get really find any right place for himself in society. Police are trying to put him in jail just to get rid of him. And I'm giving him a career option. And he's on national radio and getting played on like breakfast shows and stuff. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? He's getting money. So Did you go see him when he was in jail? What was your relationship like when he went to jail? Because he was away for a little while, didn't it? Sneeper's career was one of the maddest because we got at a time where you could only get three weeks up front on the Radio 1 playlist, the re- when we put out the wave, we got six weeks up front. So you're allowed to... Wait, for those the, that don't... 
So that means you, you want to play this for three weeks, and then you're only allowed. F- you at the time they would give you three weeks on the playlist. If you're Beyonce, if you're someone massive, whoever you are, you they give you three weeks on the playlist, and then, and then your record's coming out. That's when your release date <laughs> is after three weeks. Right. With Sneakball, we got six weeks before the release, and he went to jail the week the song went to radio, got playlisted. So there was all this expectation to interview him and talk to him, and he was in jail. And, and that was crazy pressure, but at the same time, we got through it. I think. Um, and props to them for not taking yeah, it, putting it off the playlist. Yeah, it, well, we kept it. <laughs> we kept it secret for a <laughs> while. <laughs> you know People must saying? have been hitting you it's up. It's a holiday, man. Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> he's gone to the toilet. Sneebo, <laughs> Sneebo. Yeah, all right, I'll tell him. I'll tell him. Yeah, he's not feeling too well right now. <laughs> yeah. I've got him on the next line right now. I just don't want to speak to you. <laughs> yeah. You can only speak to me. That's his request. Yeah. No, he. Do you know what he he went to jail? And do you know? I think for him that must have been the hardest out of everyone. I'm always like, oh my god, that was tough for me because I'll put the record up. But I think you're a kid that's waited all your life for this opportunity, and you're so young. There's so much emotions going through your head with all the beef that he had and Sneakball had is actually is actually about that. Like, he's not someone that was just talking. He, mm. When I met him, I was like, this guy is for real. Yeah. So I'm saying, like, <laughs> he's, not, he's not just writing bars for the sake yeah, of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he must have really waited for that opportunity. And then to be locked up in a room in, in concrete that you, you, or you have a little hole through the door and you're seeing a bit of window, like, that must be... Send you ape shit. Yeah, that, like, you meant to be out there and you're locked in here. So I think for him, that was, like, a big... Maybe, maybe a big turning point in his life. He still had trouble after that, but um, that's just you know you're young and you go yeah, through stuff. Just and stop just yeah, you did. yeah. But not to answer your question, well, our relationship was tight. He lived with me, so okay. we we we. It, I had to move him out of London. We both had to move to Hertfordshire so he can live. Focus and be. Yeah. Well, the the court ruled that he I had to be a chaperone and that he can't live in Brixton. Because he had so many restrictions of areas, I, I can't remember the word. But Asbo. he, Asbos, yeah. He had so many Asbos. He had so many places he, he weren't allowed to be. And if he stayed in South, he'd end up through friends or some situation, going through or being there or being yeah. seen there. So, yeah. So yeah, I moved him out, and you know, he to, it was like family to me, man. He just moved out, and we lived together. So the relationship was tight, and that's I think with <clears throat> when you man made breakfast though. No, <laughs> weren't like that. <laughs> hey, Bess, what are you for lunch? <laughs> it was like a it was like a flatmate. Like I had no idea when he's there and he's not there. He's <laughs> now thinking of them films where they take the kids to the country. No, 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 no. This is why I could never have a flatmate because I'd expect that. Yo, man, that's a, that's a cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, maybe girls do that when they move in together. Like, hey, For let's real. go shopping together. Let's go dinner. What movie are we watching? Yeah. <laughs> Nah, you'll be surprised. Men will live together and not speak for a week. I think it's good to have that um, a friendly relationship with your artists or be able to relate to them because there's things as a manager you have to understand, like why they put themselves in certain situations yeah. that your A&R or certain other people won't even want to hear. Mm. But you have to kind of understand what's going through this guy's head. Why is he putting himself in yeah. these situations? So it's good to understand them. But I always, always also say, and growing older, I always say, you know, don't get too close, too friendly, because then you become involved in it, in mm. in, su- in certain things that you might not need to be involved. Yeah. In. I'm saying you still need to stay in that position. You're, as you're a on twenty percent of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The 
Oh, I was going to say, there was something I was going to ask. Yeah, you're, 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 you're a very sort of softly spoken guy. Have you ever had to proper skeng out on someone? Like proper wild out? <laughs> <You're> money, bro! <laughs> yeah, yeah. On, because because you, you, you also uh, seem to have managed or been involved with acts that are com the complete antithesis of you. you. Yeah. So who... You, you've, you've got them some, you know, uh, as a manager, you've got them... Uh, 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 from as far as I can tell, some really good opportunities and stuff, and negotiating is obviously a forte. Are you are you different when it comes to being in in a in a like a label room, trying to negotiate something from an artist, or are you exactly the same but just very calculated and knowing the right I think, I, think to say? <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's I've I've hardly ever had to go mad at someone. Mm. It's not my style. Threaten people and stuff. I've been threatened, but. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not like, the thing is I grew up in Tottenham. I grew up around people like Wretch and mm. I grew up like, I, like, I went to DNK, you know, I went to, I went to, I went through phases of life that kind of could have probably made me become completely different, yeah, yeah. you know, end up completely with a different mentality, someone that carry gun or knife and I had people like that around me but and they were my friends, so we'd argue, we'd fight, and we'd reason. So I know how to talk to people in both ways, and I, and everyone's kind of really reasonable. You know, if someone, if you talk to someone rationally and they're about making their money, they don't need you to be like in a crazy way to be scared of you. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm, my approach is never to make people feel scared. I'm your business partner. Mm. If we, if we, if you're here, you're here for your own will. You're not here because you're scared of me. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think those relationships go far at all, anyway. And when it comes to labels, I actually really think I'm unpopular because I think I drive a very hard bargain. I think they, there's a lot of managers that are just excited by being in the room of labels. They want to bend for the label and say, okay, what do you want? What do you want? And they're trying, but I'm always protecting the artist. Unless the label employ me and I'm working there as an mm. A&R maybe, but then that's I've never been in that position. But if if I'm representing an artist, I'm protecting the artist. You know, I want to see the I want to see the numbers. I want to see where the money's going. I want to see really what you're hands-on kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, and they don't like that. They don't what like about too much creative control. Do you ever say nah? Like, <coughs> you can't have creative because that's a big thing apparently. And labels like people the, like be maybe rejected. back in the day. I don't think I yeah. think now it's like because urban music or street rap, whatever drill you want to call it, it's all working. It's making money. They they know to leave the artist. To yeah, do their yeah. thing, they must so. know they can't apply creative control to. They can give you suggestions, and the lot, of, <laughs> you know. Oh, well, I suggest you listen to this, and yeah, maybe vocal this at a different tempo, and <laughs> we go to classic FM and smooth, and <laughs> and it's different because back in the day, maybe like even twenty years ago, the A and R could be like the chief chaff in the room and be like, do you know what? I think this is going to work, and everyone would have to listen. Nowadays, the artist can put something on SoundCloud, get all the feedback from Twitter, get all the likes on YouTube. He has all the control he he wants. So that's, that's what I was going to say to you. Like being being a manager, you've been that guy that's known as a bit of an A and R anyway. Even though you don't work for a label, you have an A and R's reputation. You realize that, obviously, right? Because I've co-produced a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and then you know you, you nurture it, and then yeah. you. Sneakbo, I say you, I reckon you A&R'd it, you know? Yeah, no, Sneakbo definitely I A&R'd more because, like, we had, he came at a time where he was doing, 
something ahead of his time, I think. He was doing, he was rapping on dancehall Afrobeats, which is only really catching on now. A lot of people are doing it. He was doing that then. He was auto-tuned singing on song Afrobeats back then and rapping in British accent on it. And sadly, when I would take those records to radio, no one really wanted to know. And if you told him, well, make what radio wants, he wouldn't know because it's not his lane. And... So I would have to actually A&R the records. I would have to produce them. I'd have to invest in them myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I would have to do all that stuff. Um, but if you look at his stuff now, I think he's coming up with some sick stuff. And he's, that is more what he's, he's comfort zone. I think you can tell he's more happy anyway, creatively doing what he's doing now. And that. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Where, where I was going with that was what do you think about the sort of current brace of there are some A&Rs just that exist on Twitter now. Mm. They mm. will tweet one video and it will get like thousands of like, Ab, is it Abdi, Abdi TV? TV? People yeah. like that. There are just these A&Rs that only seem to exist like digitally, just on online and they, they're kind of pushing these acts and, and these acts okay. of recognition from from just well, they're, they're, these I'll, tastemakers. I'll, yeah, they're tastemakers. That's would, exactly would what you, they would do. Do you think that they it's too easy for them? It, what do you mean? In what sense? As in, it's literally find a song, put it online, get the retweets. I'm responsible for. I'm sh- I'm sure there 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 there's a level of select. You know, there's a process of selection of making sure what they're actually co-signing is going to do well. And within that, it's a skill. So, to be honest, out. I'm not very familiar with this. Like, if they, the, the fact that they tweet something and it goes, yeah, yeah there's basically honestly, there's people online. There's like a couple guys, a couple girls that like got like major following. Let's say twenty k yeah. plus. How did they get the following? To be honest, I don't I know. Have I don't no care. Idea <laughs> yeah, but that's what you, you got to look into. You got to yeah. look into what they've done. This because there's people like I found out there's people that I look at their socials, Instagram and Twitter, and I'm like. It's in the thousands, hundreds of thousands. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? But then you find out he's famous from Vine. Do you know what okay. I'm saying? And like stuff like that. So you don't know what, yeah, it, could what have it is. Been, yeah, That's all I'm saying. Nah, Mr. He... Exposed is another one as well. He's yeah, not yeah. like that. He's obviously got very many more um, sort of layers to him. To him but he, he's one... Huh? 
Yes. He's a bit of an A&R as well. When it comes to online, he's, he's predicted a few, a few things or had a hand in predicting a few things as well. I was going to say, what's the hardest decision you've had to make as a manager and what's your biggest regret if you have any? Um, <laughs> That's deep, boy. You've got to think about Ben. Oh, my God. I've got, I've got a good one for that one. Um, so this is... People don't know this. And it's not, I didn't actually... I was talking to Eunice from Urban Development. I was like, should I put this in my bio? Because it never actually turned into anything. So when I was working with Scorcher... Um, I helped Scorcher get his deal with Geffen mm. and we're working with a producer at the time called uh, Jake Goslin. And <laughs> I know Jake. Yeah, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> That's my mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I live with him. <laughs> I did, I actually I lived in his house for a You're while. You're lying. I swear. I've recorded my whole album at his studio. Yeah, his studio in the garden. Yeah, yeah. yeah love that <laughs> studio. So you probably met before. Hi, I'm Michael. Hi, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Uh, but yeah, no, but um, with... So Jake was helping us put Scorcher stuff together. I had a and was ready to sign Scorcher. We just needed the right record. And then Jake sent me a record one day who he'd written with this kid. And I've listened to the record. I'm like, who the hell is this guy on the hook? I love this hook. What the hell is this hook? And he was like, oh, it's this kid. Go and check him out. Um, he sent me the number. I called him. I was like, who are you? <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, come to my gig. If you want to hear me out properly, come to my gig. And I went yeah, I to... Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Don't swear yeah. it. Don't swear yeah. it. I want to know. I'm, and, uh, I'm sitting in between. Come on, who was it? And then, and Tell then, us. Um, I, I went to this pub in... Where was it? Great oh, I think I know where, I'm, where it's going now. Do you know oh, it? So I'm with you now. Keep going. How can everybody know? So basically, yeah, I went I went to... And it's literally... Went to the pub and it's like... Just his family there. No, like, I've walked in. I'm clearly the only person that doesn't... No one knows. Mm. And like, it's, like, about 20 people in there anyway. And they're all looking at me like, oh, this must be the music industry guy. <laughs> and, like, and I, 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 like this, it was a bit awkward that I've just walked into this room. And he comes running up to me. Hi, I'm Ed Sheeran. As soon as he said pub and uh, come see what I said, yeah, I knew, there he is. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, he started singing and I'd never forget that day because when he sang I started having goosebumps and I, was, I tweeted it I'm like I just heard the voice of an angel I tweeted that I, must, I gotta go find that tweet somewhere and you can actually type it in your name you know really and it would like yeah. you still got the same Twitter account yeah just type find. in voice of an angel it should go up yeah. I'll find that I'll find that tweet and, uh, and then yeah so you know I heard him I think I was like this is really good you know, it's a bit tricky because at the time, a and would actually call me and look for new talent. And they're like, oh, have you got someone that's like tall, handsome, rare, rare, rare. Do you know what I'm saying? All these things they'd look for. And I, I, I never went by that. I never see someone like, hey, you're good looking. Can you sing? It's always the songwriting route that I'd meet talent. Yeah, yeah. So with Ed, it was like, you know, I thought he was amazing. I was like putting him into studio. I put him in studio. He's got songs with Faith. No one's heard. He's got about five songs with Faith. He's he. I was getting him to do um, acoustic sessions for Scorcher. There's an SBTV video where I think that's when Ed, Ed and Jamal met. Do you know what the funny where Ed was is? doing the guitar in the background. On my life, yeah. One time uh, we were at a party because I I became friends with Ed around okay, that yeah. kind of time as okay, well. Okay. Okay. And. He at the time I was living at my parents. Yeah. He slept on my, my yeah, parents' couch. He would do that. And went to studio with Faith SFX the next day. I remember yeah, we went oh, to sick, cat, sick. Yeah. had breakfast and I was like, Oh, what are you up to today? And he was like, I'm in studio with Faith yeah. Faith SFX. Ed, Ed, Ed world, was just man. Ed was just a crazy character because like even when we did the SBTV session, 
you know, I was like, oh, I've got some paid opportunity for you. We're going to pay you to come and do this acoustics. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll calm down. And he came and he's like, oh, after, he's like, oh, what are you doing? Um, I was like, we had another session the next day, I think. I was like, oh, well, I've, I don't know, I'm going home maybe, I don't know. And then he's like, oh, can I come to yours? And I lived, I was a bit, I was like, what? And it was a bit <laughs> awkward because I lived with friends. We didn't have spare room. We'd have to what sleep. What year like, was this, just out of curiosity? I can't remember, 2000, it's before he signed his deal, before everything. Yeah, this so. is like 2008, Yeah, around those times. And then, you know, and then I met him the next day for the next thing that we were doing. And I was like, so oh, what, where did you, what did you end up doing? He's like, oh, I slept in the station. I was like, what? And he went and genuinely slept on a bench in the station. I was like, and he would do that. He would do that to Very do his gigs. He would, this was, he would sleep in park benches and say so he would actually do that to mm. go. And, and the thing I'm inviting him for, there'd be people like, oh, no, not enough money. I don't want to do this. He would come sleep on a park bench just to stand in the background and play the guitar for Scorcher. So I'm saying like stuff like that. I rated that so much. So when it got to a point where we had the song, I'd play in it to different A&Rs. And at the time I met Ben Cook and Ed Howard, and Matt Chalk at Asylum, and I played them the record, and I was like, this kid is amazing. And I read, like, I went there to for Scorcher, but we ended up talking about Ed a lot, and I was like, you know, I felt like I was selling him to the record, to the record label by accident, because I just, I was so, I was so amazed by how hard he works and like, how good he is. And when I come out the meeting, they rang me and said, oh, do you manage him? And that is probably the biggest regret of my life. I should have said yes. <laughs> and I was like, no, he's just a friend. I'm just helping him out. And then literally, like, okay, cool. Give us his number. Rang him. That's mad. And that's the label oh, that I signed it. Fast, boy. Actually, the manager fam. Yeah. Quick, quick, just say yes. Yeah, no, yes but, means yeah. no, and no you know means yes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even <laughs> ask him. Basically, I'm representing you. You won't sleep on no more part of your <laughs> yeah. I've got you, B. No, but I had no... Let's be honest. I had no idea. Yeah, no, of yeah, course. Yeah, course. Do you know what I'm saying? We, I just thought he's really good. And I, f- I felt... He had management. He had Sarah Stennett, I believe, at the time, who is now Rita Ora, Iggy Azalea. She's massive. At the time, she was Ed's manager. And I believe... Island had his whole EP and wow. they weren't doing anything with him. They're longing him off and he was really he was really tired of waiting around and not knowing what's going on with his career. That's why I even played this stuff to Ben Cook. And it's mad because Ben is like now president at Atlantic or something. He's gone really up. Ed basically got him a promotion. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> the that's success mad. of Ed, honestly. That's got, sick, got man. Yeah. That's so, sick. So yeah, that's my biggest regret because at that time I could have, you know, Jake, Jake really liked me. I think Jake kind of tried to connect those dots anyway. It was like, you should meet this guy. Go and that I just didn't realise that's what Jake was doing at the time. And I was quite a bit younger anyway and a lot less experienced than having someone stare at Stennett already kind of being across Ed's stuff. I didn't want to step on no one's toes. I didn't right. want to be like... But it turned out she didn't even... That he ended up getting managed by someone else. So. Yeah, he moved to, to Rocket. Yeah, so it could have been me. And the f- funny thing is, because once they put the album out, Matt Chalk actually rang me and was like, any day you need a favour or any artist you ever want to be heard out, at no matter what stage of the career they are, I'll listen, I'll listen to them. I've got time for you. And he was saying to me, like, why didn't you manage him? And I had to tell him the story. I was like... I was, <laughs> Are you still cool with him now? Do you? I have not spoken to Ed in years. Wow. It's just, it just doesn't happen. I mean, when he had this show, I think they said, if I want tickets, I can go. But do you know what? He became, he's so big now. Like, he must have so much people on this case. What am I going to say? Like, hey, it's Vash, man. <laughs> I haven't spoken to Ed in around, it's coming up to a year now. 
He went. Since, he went Ghana though, went, right? He travelled. He went yeah, travelling. Yeah. <clears throat> since he since he went kind of off the grid, yeah. I just respected that. But um, I'm sure our paths will cross quite a few times before the but summer. Ed, Ed did in ways return the favour. He jumped on the Krypton Conan album, didn't charge us. No headaches, told the label, clear that shit, don't even long them off. I mean, I yeah. haven't spoken and, to And Ed you could not in. get... <laughs> you couldn't get Ed to clear anything. This is when the last album was, like, number one for, like, forever. So, for so he... Like, at that time, it was very hard to get Ed on any vocals, and he cleared the vocals for us, no beef, so... Yeah. What's, the, what's that, that Justin Bieber tune that he wrote? Love Yourself, is it? He wrote... But then, like, I was reading an article, and he just, like, forgot that he wrote that. Even the One Direction song that went number one, Little Things, their first number one, Ed wrote that. Oh, he really? found it in an old laptop. He was Killing digging, it. He was, tidy, he was clearing out his room, found an old laptop, saw this tune that he'd co-written with an, like a, a, a friend I met through him, Fiona Bevan. Six years later, he's uh, One Direction are, are, are recording this tune at Jake's uh, studio, <laughs> Sticky, and then it goes number one. Jake still gets plaques for that tune sent to the studio more times. That's, well, that's winning, man. That's winning. Jake, Jake when Jake's another one that's gone clear. Gone. Since then, because I remember when I, when I first met Jake, when Jake, we, we started recording, and, and I remember Jake giving me like a, a day in the studio, and you know when you, you make the tune and you go home and you think, oh, fuck, I didn't, like no one mentioned paying for studio yeah. time. Like, I wonder if I can get away with this again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he called me back into the studio, we made more tunes, and then I was like, this is this is uh, like he's gonna hit me with a fat bill. Fine, one, so big, I better, yeah. I better address I'm gonna invoice this, yeah. you. I better address this before it becomes like totally unaffordable. <laughs> so I was like to him, Jake. Like, so yeah. So you know I don't work that many hours a week. And that he's like, do you know what we're gonna do? He's what do you know the one thing I remember Jake said to me he was like, don't worry, I will just get all the money back when you get signed. He didn't say if you get signed. He went when you get signed. And then he really he just he just invoiced like the label when I signed an album deal and and then he went on to do like Paloma Faith's album um two events wow one directions um Sean Mendes <laughs> uh even people like fucking what's her face the the legend the country and western uh what's her name not uh, Dolly Parton no no younger Sh Cheryl Crow mate yeah he's even doing her albums it's mad that's crazy man Jake was always good man even mm. back in the day he was so good to it took him time as well Took him time. Um, should we get on? Should we, should we have a break and then yeah, yeah. get on to some current affairs? Yeah, we're going to pick your brains about certain things. And we're back for part two of episode 034 of the TBC podcast brought to you by GRM Daily. Uh, we were talking about, we were talking to Vash about um, the, the very beginnings of, of, of your career um, and pretty much up to the present day. Um, Rebecca, you had a, another question. Yes, yeah, so it's not serious. So uh, I feel like <laughs> I need to say like the sickest question now. Um, have you got like younger siblings? I don't. I'm the youngest. Do you have cousins? Yeah. Do they want bring-ins at concerts? Um, funny enough, not that often. What? I actually hooked up one of my nephews who's like 14, 15 for Reading tickets, I remember. I'd have to chase him <laughs> to get him the tickets. So <laughs> Kids oh. these days are just not like gas like That's we used mad. to be. Back man. in the day, I would have been like, my sister used to get all my concert tickets. Like every chip gig, I was there, all like chubby and excited. 
No, for real. No, what that's photo mad. did you post recently? Oh, don't. Oh, that was I, amazing, though. Let me... Let me was, that was when you first, was it, it was Chip, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, let, yeah. let me tell you something, yeah. Like, I was at every concert of Chip's, like... That's why I see like, when he's talking about a chip, your eyes are for real. up. Like, really? I was like, tell me more. <laughs> now, like, league of my own days, like. But you know what I clocked? This yeah. picture, yeah, was only five years ago. I was big, big 17. <laughs> like, oh, you seven, yeah, you were seven, you would have been 17. Well, uh, no, eight. Oh, my days, 18. No, surely not. Still a, that's still a baby. Look though. at this. We're looking at a picture this, of Rebecca. This is, this <laughs> and Chip Mark. Why are you covering your eyes? <laughs> for real, no, for real. Now, do you know what kills it as well? Yeah. So this was it said. You know on Facebook when it comes up like five years ago. Yeah. So I posted this and tagged Chip, and he replies, first like I was gone." <laughs> 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 I was dead. Can you imagine? I was dying. But yeah, man, I've changed this. How did you thing. go from being Chip obsessive fan to like working on Graham Lee? Boy, that's, that's where it the, starts. The though, tables isn't it? have turned, right? <laughs> well, basically, when I was nine, um, no, I suppose that's where it starts, though, isn't it? The interest. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're yeah. You're, you're very passionate. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was mad. Like, come a long way. Still. Like, no joke. I've like, I went to every single Chip concert. Like, wow. I must have been like seventeen. I went to some show in Oxford. Like, had to hustle. Mom, can I go, please? I think it's just a passion, isn't it? Yeah. It's mad. And Chip had those kind of fans. And you For don't real, really like, I would tweet him like every day. I know you're not yeah, talking about your tattoo evil. Huh? Uh? <laughs> Wait, there's more. Oh, uh, I've got Chip's lyrics tied on my arm. Really? You only succeed if your heart's pure from his F64. Fair play. Like, you know, you know, some people are biggest fans of One Direction. I was just biggest fans with Chip. Do you know, I don't think any, I don't find anything wrong with it. You have you, have you met him since, like, when you started working on like, GRM? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Like, I'm still trying to get him on my show. Okay. How's that going for you? He said he's going to come on. That's sick still. Like, obviously, I'm... Yeah. He said... <laughs> like, I've calmed down, you know? <laughs> I've changed, I've, man. i changed a lot. I've calmed down since then. That's cool now. It's How would cool. you know I ripped all of your pictures <laughs> off my wall? <laughs> you better get ridiculous about it. <laughs> now I'm doing on the freeway. No, no, no. No, it's cool. Like, I was just... <laughs> That's my little brother, man. He's only six years old. We're in blistering coffee for no, four hours. And you just don't. said no. That's pretty shitty, man. You're like his fucking idol. <laughs> no, man. Not for me. Like, that was like my growing up. Yeah, yeah. Do you know like what? his Westwood freestyle. Mm, mm, mm. He was, no, he was, he was just a... looking at it like, look what I've created. Oh, you know? for real. This is what I've got yeah, people doing with Chip. Start. It's good. My job's done. Oh, <laughs> Through chip, like concerts, we used to link up and stuff. Yeah, had little um little uh, fan club. They were called team that, chip. Yeah, before they were called fandoms. I remember we did a show in Sheffield, and it was Sheffield is up north, and it's like we think London gets cold. Up north gets super cold. Yeah, it's cold up north. We did a show, and it was like like probably around these times, freezing cold, and. Uh, it's, it's the plug in Sheffield and they closed off the venue and they said to us wait because a lot of times the kids hang around outside so we waited literally for like two hours I think hung around they gave us food drinks chilling talking then we left into the car park and the car park is like it's closed off it's got gates that they closed before like when everyone's left they closed it and then that was closed for like an hour and a half or two hours whatever and then we come out and we we came out the back entrance and went into the car park. And as soon as we come close to the cars, 
and she about security then, you know, we just saw the security moving, like, what's going on, what's going on? And we see these, like, these people come out the, out the underneath the stairs and we're like, fuck, someone's, you know, attacking us or something. Someone's waiting to move the chip. And these, these girls, like, three, four girls in, like, Skirts. Yeah. They don't feel the cold up north. Shivering. No, no, they were blue. They're fading. They're like, <laughs> like, they're shaking, shaking. Like, we're waiting for a picture of the chip. I was like, that was she working with chip? Dead. Do you remember when they when they done that thing where he had to get to a certain place, but use like his fans had to to drive him? I can't remember what it was called. Do you remember? Oh, was that like Blackberry? Blackberry, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember them things. You had to, was, yeah, you, you had Blackberry, and you like, had a certain amount of pee. And you had to message like yeah. fans, and, and then sleep, the fans' mum and dad. Someone's yeah. yard and all that. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, that's man. my. I don't remember none of that shit. Still, late, you know, late on Channel Four. Mm. Like, we we, we didn't we did loads of stuff like that. Mm. Different things. To that stuff. was cold yeah. though, man. So what did you did you enter? Uh? Did you enter? And no. I wished I did though. Mm. Just getting like in fans' mum and dad's whips, like driving to like Wales, then to wherever. I think I let my my idol sleep at my yard, blood. I don't think my yard Are you awake yet? I'd be mad embarrassed. <laughs> um, should we talk about some, some shit that's going on in, the, on, on in the world today? Crack on. Top of the list is... Uh, and are, you, are, you, are you a religious person? Um, from a religious background, I can't say I'm very close to any kind of religious belief because it's all mixed up, you know. Mm. But, yeah, no, I can see why that's happened. Yeah, Andy Joshua receiving a... It's going to happen, isn't it? Anything to do with Islam, there are going to be bigots that say something. I don't, I don't think it's very much of a surprise. I'm, I'm not surprised at all. Andy Joshua being in a mosque, taking a photo, people are going to say something. Well, I just think it's a bit of a dickhead thing for them to be moaning about it or, like, he's embracing another culture. He's being respectful, for one. Like... To when Muhammad Ali died, no one was saying, yeah, we've lost a Muslim. Nah, 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 nah. Everyone was upset. When Mike Tyson was knocking people out in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, no one was telling them, oh, we're not watching. My Everybody loved him. And I'm sure if he died, touch with it doesn't happen for a good few years, they'd be pissed as well. Do you know what I mean? But because the media has just demonized it over the last how many years, it's now an excuse that, because he's in a mosque, I guarantee if he took it like 10 years ago or before 9-11, no one would give a shit. I just think it's just petty, man, and for people to unfollow him and oh, we're yeah, not watching. You've f- lost loads of fans now, and stuff. he doesn't care. He's laughing to the bank, man. Do you know what I mean? But then like, I was thinking, I was thinking, would that would that affect him? And the fact of the matter is, if less people, if people stopped watching Anthony Joshua fights because you know, I'm not saying it would happen. Yeah, I, agree. No, I, hear, no, I hear what you're saying hypothetically. But hypothetically, if people did actually go, nah, not watching this guy, then numbers would dwindle and then he wouldn't be worth the fee that he gets for a match because it's all based on viewers, isn't it? That's how you get your peas back. And and that's that's sad, isn't it? Obviously, I don't think it's going to happen. It's, it's not really... I don't think the amount of right-wing bigots that are going to kind of fall away and, and stop watching his uh, boxing, like his fights. I don't think it's going to really put a dent in, in any figures, but just hypothetically, it is quite... It's scary if you think about it, that, mm. that the realisation of that could happen. But I just think, like, he even if he was to convert, like, so fucking what? Like, he's not saying, yeah, I'm a Muslim. And even if he did, so fucking what? Like, he's in a mosque, he's being respectful, like... He took a picture. I think his friend took the ceremony or whatever, and he was just saluting him. Like, 
and everyone's throwing their toys out of the pram because he was in a mosque. There's mm. people in churches of C of E where like priests are raping little kids and stuff. You don't see us going, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I think it's a media thing to be honest. It's just piss, like, just unfair on him to be honest. I hope he knocks Klitschko out and then that's that, innit? Yeah, it doesn't matter what faith is, he's still going to knock whoever at, uh, yeah. like, whoever you put in front of him. I up. dare with them people that's hating to come up to him and say it to his face. I'm not going to bang! <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? that as well. Totally off topic, do you think pay-per-view has gone down since there's been like Facebook Live and stuff? Because I watched the fight on Periscope before. I have no idea, you know. I, I feel like it... I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever used pay-per-view. Do you, are you a boxing fan? Yeah, I'm more UFC, to be honest. Okay. I watch do, you, do, you watch it on, do you watch it on pay-per-view? Do they have a pay-per-view? No. On In England, we get, a, we get it we for get free. free, yeah. <laughs> right. UFC is free. For, no, but I think with, yeah, with, with the boxing stuff, I, I don't know how they make their money from, if it's Facebook or whatnot, or pay-per-view, if, they, if they're still relying on that. But I think that sport's struggling, man. I think there's not... Yeah, many. the internet's killing them, man. Like, yes. Everyone's streaming. Everyone, the internet's... Do you, you think know UFC is the new boxing? Way, way better. I don't think it's the it new boxing. Me. I think it's the new modern, like... UFC. I'm like, sure. combat sport. You know, like, boxing was the combat sport. Yeah. Like, UFC's now yeah, overtaking. That's what I mean. yeah, yeah, Has it taken its place? Yeah, I think it's starting to take well, it. I, yeah. I think it's good that uh, Joshua's doing stuff and embracing other cultures. Yeah, of course. People are trying to make it so black and white. Like, you know, Islam or... That religion is just something for extremists, and it's got that yeah, yeah. the Islamic people are ashamed of people that use their name in conjunction. And they with said terrorism. it so many times. It's, it's it's just a shame that these like people that make these stupid comments. It's just a shame that they can't get it through their heads that nobody likes terrorists. Do you know what I mean? I think he wanted controversy. No, I don't think, Do you he, think I don't think he you did, think man. He didn't have to post that. He's a very calculated. He's got a very calculated team around him. You can see even the fights he picks and everything he does is just very on point. I think he's got a really good team around but him. Do you not think that's sad in itself? Yeah. What? That if that. it was calculated that he put it out. Uh, no, whatever it was, even they must have weighed up the pros and cons. I could have told him if you put that up, you're gonna get backlash. hate. Really, yeah. Anyone. But do you think the backlash so. outweighed the kind of people that were indifferent, like me? And look, there's Anthony Joshua in a mosque. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> People, I don't know. What's the next photo? Yeah. Could I just say, yeah, that I think um, even if he did plan it, it kind of like fishes out the shitty fans. That you <laughs> you it's a good I mean? filter, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So like, let me get rid of my shitty fans and yeah. like, my real yeah. genuine fans. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, so it's a good like cleansing. Sometimes, yeah, that's absolutely true. Sometimes you do that to yourself to yeah, just to have a little clear out. As well, Amir Khan's Muslim. Like, he's been... Everyone loves him, pay-per-view and all that. Like, what's what's the issue? Like, and then he's an active fighter. Amir Khan. <laughs> oh, yeah, speaking... <laughs> woo, I fell in, that, that fell into that nicely. <laughs> I didn't even clock. Khan and pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. Well, that fell into very nicely yeah, into place. great segue. Um, so he's been caught being a bit naughty, right? Uh, uh, they, they, they're calling it a sex tape, right? Anyone seen it? I haven't seen it. Well, Bernie's got the pictures on his phone. I haven't seen it. Is it, am I right in saying that it's just a video of him wanking over Marissa, have you watched it, Marissa? <laughs> have you seen it, Marissa? Hey, you know you have. <laughs> I said wanking over a woman. On Skype or some shit. That's not a sex tape. That's a massive. That's not a sex tape. You have to be having sex for it to be a sex yeah. tape, what is, right? What, is he just, he's just beating his meat on camera. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that, oh that's my not a sex tape. <laughs> Why are you a big 
celebrity box. Who I want to know who's taking the picture and how has it got there? Because if it's Skype, it's between you and another person. Yeah, yeah. They, that, you know what I mean. That she must have let that go the footage. What right? was it? Is, is white? I don't know. Who's I don't the, know. We chick? need to find out if this if it's actually Skype because um, <laughs> this could all just be. It is Skype, yeah. And what was it? Who even goes wife? on was Skype anyway? No, Unless she got like. Okay. Yeah, he got caught slipping, man. Skype's important for people still. I oh, know, yeah, Long yeah. Distance relationships yeah, he got he got he got caught slipping, and if it, if that's what it was, and it's not his wife, he got caught slipping. Straight Is that up. On the images. Straight yeah, up, he yeah, got caught too slipping. Too much. <laughs> now, easy still. <laughs> it takes you three seconds to realize you're looking at a man's dick. Like, I don't want to see that no more. Show me it. The face. Yes. Why did they start with a press photo? There's a sequence of photos, and it and it it, it develops in. Well, it's basically yeah, Amir Khan beating his meat. But the first photo in the sequence is a press photo, just in case we don't know what Amir Khan looks like. This is him, a red red carpet event. Before, this nice guy, <laughs> mad. I just think whoever Shit, done that's man. a scumbag to lay it out. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Wait, wait, He's wait, going through stuff, isn't he? His wife's leaving him, or there's been some. I heard some shit like that. Oh. There's some big stuff going well, on divorce-wise. He recently married though. There's something going on with the wife. He had a baby family. recently, I think, as well. Some, right. some. If she did, that's ultimate payback. She, she. That's that sounds like an angry woman trying to get. Boy, ain't that ain't that a crime now though? Revenge porn. Yeah. yeah. Revenge. Porn. Yeah, but it's an actual crime now. That's interesting. One. <laughs> she's in America porn. though, isn't it? Oh, she's Amer. Ah, oh, loopholes. Mad thing. So she could have been the person on the sky. Posing as his mistress, his wife. No, <laughs> that would be they that just, would be elaborate, innit? To, she to could have just took screenshots while they were Skyping. And what just made it out? Because do you see the girl? Have you seen any images of the girl on the Skype? Or? Either way, man's got caught out in it. He shouldn't really be doing them things to be like people that you know you can get caught out. Because my thing is this, yeah. Like obviously you're at, you're at status, whatever, whatever, but you gotta know that. People are gonna wanna take you out, even women. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's girls out there that's paid to go and have sex and sell the story. Like, you can't be just whacking out your meat on Skype just like that to anybody. And, you know what I mean? That's why, that's why I don't understand why people get, get caught slipping like that. Like, it's crazy. You like, you're in, a, you're in that position. Like, obviously, I know you're human and that, but you gotta have some kind of conscious, like, in your head. I've I messed up like, before. When I, send, when I send dick pics, I don't think about the consequences, blood. Yeah, but do you, have you got your face? Have you got your face in it though? Like? No, but my hands are tattooed. Put it that way. Oh, damn! Big marigolds, blood. Big yellow marigolds. My dick. My hands don't even need to be in the photo. They're just there, so I can show off my brand new marigolds. <laughs> nah, it's crazy. What's the worst situation you've had to do with an artist, Vash? Like that you've had to sort out media-wise or? Streetwise or whatever, the worst one. Um, we had a live radio broadcast and we had a live radio broadcast and the artist didn't want to go on and it was far away. I don't want to do it. Was, uh, nah, nah, I'm not going to do that. But it actually was a nightmare because I had like label people there, head of radio people. It was just, and they didn't want to go. Is it like we're gonna have na 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 on no, the show just, in like twenty minutes? I don't know. It's just it started from the hotel room because they were they were late and we're like, I'm getting agitated. I'm like, I'm getting my phones ringing off. They're all ringing me like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Obviously, I'm gone knocked and said, look, we need to get going. And they're taking long. And I'm like, look, this is my reputation as well. And it was a favor of mine of why the whole situation was happening anyway. Someone was doing me a favor, putting the artist on. 
and it was meant to be like the introduction to radio, blah blah blah, and backfired. Yeah, it's just really it went it went really bad, and uh, you know when you got live broadcast, I think there's a certain amount of professionalism you need to learn that before you get to that stage where you're doing live radio broadcast with millions of people listening, you need to know how to work with people, not get annoyed with people, be patient, be on point, be punctual, have your bits ready and be rehearsing and whatnot. And there was just none of that. I couldn't even get them to go on time. So. Has, has said artist developed into more of a mature professional artist since? or? No, I don't know. I don't, I don't, they're about, but I don't see them do anything. Like I'm, I'm not really aware of how they are now. Um, but I think a lot of people get into situations where they don't... But as an artist, you don't realise that, you know what, this looks like an amazing opportunity and I feel blessed that it's been presenting itself to me, but that's not the end. You need to go in there and kill that and then there's going to be another opportunity and another opportunity and you can't just go, well, I've got this one and that's me. After this, I'm gonna, someone's going to give me a cheque for a million pounds. That's not how it works. You need to deliver, even if you're big. There's always expectation. The bigger you get, there's almost more expectation. There's more people talking to you at the same time and you need to be nice to people. You need to be punctual. You need to be reliable. You can't be, you know, you can't act, which a lot of people do get. They get annoyed and pissed off and then they let their mood kind of be seen by everyone. And that reflects really badly and can actually go, because people say something, you know, the radio producer will go and tell another radio producer, that person will go and tell A&R, and that A&R will go and tell a magazine person. And by the time the Chinese Whispers goes there through, the story's completely changed, and everyone's like, nah, this guy's a moron, he's a prick, we don't want to deal with him ever again. And you've burnt bridges that you weren't even aware that were even half existent. So it's, it's a bit mad, yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Um, <clears throat> Do you know what I hate most about Chinese Whispers, by the way? But most of the time, there's never Chinese people involved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should, we, should we wrap up with track of the week? Yeah, before we split. Well, we haven't done this in a little while, have we? We forgot last week, innit? Or did yeah. we do it last week? We did it. Yeah, we, uh, we had to dip, dip. Skirt, mm. skirt. So every, every, every sort of episode that we remember, we try to, we, we get our guests to yeah. just name their, their track of the week. It doesn't have to be a, a current track. Could be a track that you've just been either listening to or even singing a lot or rapping a lot this week. Um, well, I'm, I've my latest client that I've signed is called Gecko, so I'm going to use this to promote mm -hmm. what we're doing. And, Baba, um, why you being a pagan? <laughs> <laughs> another fan there. Yeah, yeah. yeah the no, he's, he's, he's no tattoos this time, no. Catch <laughs> her sneaking out from under the stairs and shit. For real, all blue. <laughs> yeah. Is it cool to ask? What's, is Gecko okay now? Because he dropped that. Mm. interview this week yeah. what's, what's I going think on? that interview was um, I actually helped him set that up a lot of people think that was like out of the ordinary but I think Gecko's a person and he's one of very few individuals that I know that go through what he's going through and it's very hard to um, describe you can only witness it yourself and see how it is and you know what the the mental health thing, um, the mental health issues that he has, they're very real. You know, and trying to have a career and get through the day, no dealing with normal tasks, are probably it's it's a, just a, those things are just complete. It's a different process that happens for you as a person, and I think this is his way of dealing with it. 
I think this is his way of talking about it, not trying to hide it, address it, let it be out there, not you know hide behind it. Or is I don't I don't know. He's not hiding behind his fame, but he's he's going through stuff, and a lot, I, I don't even know how to deal with it. I'm not a therapist. There's been times where I'm like, what what do I do in this situation? I'm calling people up and getting advice, but I think it's helping him, and I think people might not get what he's doing now. I don't think he... This is the first time I've ever done something like this. This is the first time he's ever done anything like this. And people might look at him and be like, oh, I don't, I don't know. They might make up their mind in the wrong way or it might come across in the wrong way. But I think with him, it's just... He has to go through this and he's going to learn what to do with it and how to control his anxiety and and the the other things that he's going through. Um, but yeah, it's he's... He's to answer your question. He's getting through it, and I'm just hoping it's helping him. What we're doing with him, giving him something to live for, giving him something to look forward to, and yeah. So your track of the week. Okay, so um, so do you know about Clue? You lot must know about Clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Clue and Gecko um, put a song out recently. I think yesterday it came out. It's called Cold Outside. And check it out. It's slightly different. Come out this week. Um, videos out on YouTube. Yeah. You got a big up to Gecko as well because he's got so many fans, man. It's crazy. His fans are I so. Think I, loyal. I mentioned him on the yeah. past episode, didn't I? Yeah. Saying he's got this cult following. It's. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's, it's, I think. It's, what? I think people can tell he's so genuine. Like I done an interview with him before, and I felt like we was just having a lot of chat. Like. It's mad. He's, what people don't see is a side that I see and I wish a lot of like the industry would see because like he didn't get none of the cosigns. He didn't get a mobile, he didn't get yeah, BBC. He, mm. he didn't get BBC nothing. He didn't get anything. He's not even getting playlisted properly on radio. And he is the only act I've ever dealt with that this early in the career, I'm getting emails from literally I'm not doing it. I'm, this is not me going out there. He's get he's getting emails from like I tell you somewhere Edmonton in Canada. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah. It's a small town in West Canada. They booked him to do a headline show there. I didn't you even know where Justin Bieber's from. I don't know. I didn't even know this place existed. When they said Edmund, I thought yeah, North London. Do you know what I'm saying? And I've gone. Yeah, and then like, even yeah. when they booked it, where I thought it was near Toronto, I'm like, surely this is Toronto related. And then I looked on the map and it was West Canada. Crazy, and then man. Yeah, and then he gets bookings like in Stockholm, people come to Amsterdam. Germany, like he has a massive global appeal, and this is my realization that the in how much the industry has changed, even within the last two three years, UK music has grown so much that people are paying attention to an act that's not even like really established here, but they're paying attention. They know what's going on. They want him. They ha he has a fan base there. Like there's girls screaming his name every time you post something. You see in the comments where from, from, from I saw footage from. I think it was like his first headline show. And it looked like it was literally only girls there. It looked like oh, R. Yeah. Kelly's video for Bump and Grind Blood. No, girl, only yeah. women, only only females in this crowd. It's he's mad. got he's got a lot of female fans, and we all f also thought his fan his fan base is going to be all Asians or something like that, and it, you know, Muslims. I don't know. It's like Somali. It's, it seems to be predominantly. It, it no, the shows is well, actually, all. Well, that's on. I suppose I'm thinking online. I'm thinking online. Yeah, that's what you see. But the people that bought the tickets that came to his show, the shows were literally sixty to eighty percent white mm. females. And it's like, I'm surprised at that yeah. as well. We're standing there like, what, we didn't, it looks like one of Chipmunk's shows back in the day. <laughs> he is actually, Chip's actually the closest comparison client-wise that I've had. How, how old is Gecko now? He's um, 19 now. That's crazy, man. Yeah. He's, 
He's at a very tender age, I think. It's, it's, and his, he's killing it, though, man. His, where his career's going to go, I don't know. I'd, I want him as a human being just to really be able to stabilise and get over what... And I, I'm hoping with age that will... Yeah. He's originally from Manchester, isn't he? Yeah, he's a man. He still lives. Oh, there. he still lives in he's, Manchester. He stayed there. Yeah, he stayed. He came to London for a bit just to get away and just to be yeah. kind of alone. Because over there, obviously, he's like a celebrity. So people are just on him. And he came to London just to be get his head together a bit, and he's gone back up. But yeah, he's from Manchester. Fair. Um, track of the week, Bunny. Um, track of the week. I've been listening to Wiley's new album. All right. Don't, Don't say tracks. bangs featuring Gets because that's my one. He's going for the whole album. No, I'm going for the whole album. He's doing an Austin like when remember just before Austin left one extra, he's playing yeah, yeah. all of Giggs's album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like the whole album. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I was literally so surprised how good it was. Yeah. Ren, I'm gonna say C Biz, the Buzz, aka Ecstasy. Right. That's my tune of the week. Do you know what? And this is. This is quite weird for me, but mine's got to be T-shirt by Migos, bro. That's a tune, though. It's got to be, but I don't... That's the song I just... I can't stop listening to. No, no, do you know what? Sideline Number by Russ. Yeah. Sideline Number. We're like, yeah. yeah. No, no, that's a... That's one. No, that's a big tune still. That's a big tune. Mm. Yeah, mine's going to have to be uh, Wiley and Getz. Uh, yeah, Bang album, Mad. Fair play, fair play. Would you like to put one forward, Marissa? You yeah. Come, 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 come on down. No, yeah, I, you can have it because I'm, I'm gonna go with Russ. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go Migos. T-shirt. Fair. <laughs> well, that seems like the perfect place to wrap it up. Um, we'll see you. Next week. And the same time next week for episode 035. We're back next week. Check us out. TBC, GRM, Dana. <laughs> Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.